0: What's going on, everyone? My name is Preston Stewart, and this is the Full Sin Podcast. I'm excited today to kind of keep going with this series, talking about the five men and five women finalists, five male, five female finalists, probably the better way to say that, for the 2020 CrossFit Games. So we've wrapped up phase one, and to back up at a little bit of a high level here, phase one was online competition where we had 30 male and 30 female athletes that completed a series of seven workouts over two days. From that group, we narrowed the field to five men, five women. And on October 19th of 2020, they'll go out to Aromas, California, where they'll compete in person for about a week. I think the dates right now are October 19th through the 26th. And kind of leads into the next part here. I keep hoping that each one of these episodes, I'll be able to put out a little more information about what we know for the final phase of the games, but we're not get there's not a lot of information around that yet other than the dates. And of course now we know the athletes. So not a lot of news in terms of what things will look like in California at the ranch on October 19th through 26th. What we do know, and I brought this up before is that the finals I think is what I'm, I'm keep referring to this as the final portion of this test. It's going to be broadcast on CBS sports and it should also be streamed on YouTube and Facebook. I don't know how different some of those streams will be and if they'll necessarily be, you know, the same product pushed across the different platforms or not, but you know, that's in the category of something hopefully we'll learn before too long. But nonetheless, we're going to have what should be a pretty cool viewing experience with, with just five men and five women there's nowhere for anybody to hide and i think that makes for what could be one of the more enjoyable spectator experiences for a while at least for crossfit i mean you know i maybe even i don't know tw- the 2018 games that were broadcast if we're looking back some of the sanctionals have done a pretty good job but even the sanctionals that did a good job with allowing you know some You know, Rogue, for instance, has done a good job over the last few years. Even that's not perfect. And you get this larger field, even the, I I don't know that Rogue had any more than 30. That was still a pretty small field. The the Rogue Invitational in 2019, not their online one in 2020. But that was up there in terms of, of quality of production. But even then, there were people that were competing that you hardly ever saw. It's just the nature of having, you know, 10, 15 competitors going at once. God forbid you've got the entire field going on a run or something. You're just not going to see everybody. But with five men and five women, we're going to be able to watch everything. We're going to be able to see the last place finisher in one of these events, even though they're finishing in last place. If somebody gets fifth place in every single event at Aromas, we're going to be able to see some degree of their performance. I think that's really cool because. They might be finishing in fifth place, in last place. I'll use that term intentionally here. They might be finishing in last place in Aromas. They still finish as the top, as the fifth fittest person on earth. The number five person overall in the 2020 CrossFit Games. That is a incredibly elite athlete. And, you know, the, the documentaries and the movies and everything that's been put out over the last few years, they're all stellar products. But one thing that's always stuck with me as we look between you know, say you just pull up an old stream from 2017 or 2018 and compare that, let's say 2017, and compare that to a documentary of the same events, you forget how many other people are taking part in that competition. You see people in that stream that you you may not even know were there, but that's the nature of trying to, you know, the folks that do these documentaries and these these series, how do you distill out a storyline and a message? And the fact is, you just can't go into detail on everybody. You can't show the eleventh place finisher, or even the ninth place finisher. Even that might be. Even if that ninth place finisher, that's their their peak, which is an incredible peak. By the way, to finish top ten at the CrossFit Games is a world class achievement. But we might not even see a a minute of that because you you just don't have time. What I love is that the 10 athletes that are going out to Aromas in a few weeks here, we're now on October 1st, so we're we're, we're coming up, you know, less than three weeks away, are going to have an opportunity to be in front of the cameras for an entire week. And the two athletes we're going to talk about today are kind of on the two different ends of that spectrum. One of them, we have seen a lot of and stars and everything CrossFit related for the last five years. And the other has been there the entire time, but just isn't that household name that maybe we're, we we think of, I guess I should say. So let's start out with the men's side, Samuel Quant. Samuel Quant finished phase one in fourth place, and it was a really impressive performance. He was consistent, steady, had some really good finishes. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but he finished 29 points ahead of the fifth place finisher, Jeffrey Adler. You know, it, it was far from a lock for Quant, but he really wasn't on that bubble. The fifth place finisher, Jeffrey Adler, when you get into that next, there's that was kind of right on the line, but Quant had some buffer there. That was impressive. Now, to talk a little bit about Sam Quant and his history, he's been competing. His profile says he's been competing since 2011. Um, I'm going to start in 2016 because that's when we really start to see him showing up um, at the games. So, Sam Quant has had a very, very steady career. In 2016, he finished 38th in the Open, fourth in the West Regional, and 16th at the Games. 2017, seventh in the Open, seventh, number seven overall, (laughs) seven overall in the world, second in the West Regional, and 20th at the Games. 2018 is going to be a bit of an anomaly, so we're going to write this off, but I do want to say because he had surgery and wasn't able to compete at regionals or at the games, but it is worth saying that he competed in the Open and finished 18th. In 2019, 19th in the Open and 13th at the Games, and in 2020, 15th in the Open. The, The caliber of athlete to finish consistently in the top 20 in the world in the sport of CrossFit is... Incredible. This is an elite athlete through and through, and it's it's interesting. I'm guilty when we look at the the field of thirty going into phase one. Quant wasn't anywhere on my list for for names to make it. I'm I'm guilty of of you hear the same names over and over again, and sometimes those names you just keep putting towards the top. Um, there's something to be said for name recognition, but when it comes down to performance, look, we're talking five years. I'm going to include 2018 even though he wasn't able to go to the games or regionals because of that 18th place finish in the open. This is incredibly consistent. This is a this is a pro. And something that comes to mind for Samuel Quant is if we were to when we, I guess I should say, when we hopefully get to this this more stabilized season with sanctionals, Quant is the kind of guy that I can see winning, you know, one event a year. He's just so consistent in these elite competitions. When, when everybody shows up, he's finishing top 20. That's going to translate to some of these sanctionals that don't have you know, your Noah Olsons, your Matt Frazers, um, in this case, your Justin Medeiros. I can see him really making a solid living and, and able to continue participating in the sport for a long time, given how well he's, he's held in there for the last five years. So just like we've done with the other athletes, I want to dive into a couple of his stronger events over the last couple of years and see what we can expect or what, you know, if we're Samuel Quant, what is, what are we looking for? What are we hoping for shows up in the programming by the time we get to the ranch here in a few weeks. So looking at the 2017 games, and that's what we're going to focus on for both of these athletes, because there's enough history, we're going to use the games because why not? You know, the, the next phase is in-person. It's programmed by by Dave Castro, who programmed these other games. Um, I think looking at past games events is going to be probably the best indicator we have to predict what's going to go forward. But there's a caveat with Quant, and I'll get to that in a minute. Starting in 2017, Quant finished Strongman's, Strongman's Fear in ninth place. And that was a, you know, almost exclusively odd object. They had a 500 five hundred pound yoke, a two hundred pound two hundred pound logs, and a four hundred pound sled, and then some handstand walking. He also finished the two 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 three intervals, which was a series of two or three minute intervals, with rope climbs, ski ergs, and overhead squats. He finished that in eighth. So a couple top ten finishes there. A couple things worth noting. We'll come back to. In twenty nineteen, he finished the sprint couplet in fourth. The sprint couplet was a, a very short workout, right? 172 foot um, sled push into 18 bar muscle ups. And then you push that sled the 172 feet back. He finished that in fourth place and sprint finished the sprint, which is pretty clear cut was a sprint. There's a little bit of zigzagging in there, but really just an all out sprint. He finished that in 11th. Something of note in 2019, he finished both of those events, the sprint couplet in fourth and the sprint in 11th. Both times he finished ahead of Matt Fraser. But behind Noah Olson, thought that was interesting, especially with those two um, locking up the first and second spots after the the you know phase one or, or portion one of the 2020 games. Finally, getting into the 2020 Open. So I, I lied. I said I was just going to talk games, but there was one event here I wanted to bring up in the Open. Um, and remember, Quant finished fifteenth this year in the Open, and that's 20.4. 20.4 was a group of box jumps into pistols, single leg squats with a increasing barbell load for clean and jerks. It went from 95 pounds all the way up to 315 pounds. Quant finished seventh overall in that event, seventh in the world. And I think that's worth noting, um, when we're looking at some of his past performance, so what does this mean? What, what does all this information mean when we look at Sam Quant? Well, here's the caveat. I don't know how much it means before 2020. Because when we look back at his finishes in the CrossFit games, they're consistent. This is a professional athlete who is hanging in there with the elite level competitors in his sport, 100%. But I couldn't find any top three finishes in the games or the open before 2020, which is crazy because then he throws up two top three finishes out of seven events in phase one of the 2020 games. That makes me think, especially after, when we look back at his history, remember we had 2018 surgery. We didn't get to see Sam Quant really in 2018. 2019, we had the cuts, and he almost made that final cut. He finished 13th. Now, with two top three finishes in his last seven competitive events, or, you know, events as in damn Diane thousand meter row. And let's see the ones that quant finished well in was the thousand meter row. He got third and the handstand hold. He got third, but he also wrapped up some solid finishes seventh and awful Annie eighth and nasty Nancy. I just wonder if the athlete that we see right now, which is the important part of Samuel quant is different than what we've seen in past games performances. If he's peaking or if he's getting better year by year, that might be what we're seeing, which is awesome for him. It just means we might not be able to look back at 2017, 2018, 2019, and be able to say, Hey, based off of this, here's what he's going to want to see. But if we are going to do that, the couple things that stand out to me are 2017 using a lot of the odd objects in the strongman sphere. We haven't seen that yet. We should expect to see some sort of odd object work. He did well in that. The rope climbs tied in the two, 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 three intervals, as well as the ski erg, two pieces of equipment and movements that we haven't seen again. Probably going to see, we'll, we'll see. Actually, I don't know if we're going to see a ski erg, but I, I would expect to see rope climbs. The sprinting events, the run sprints. I don't know. I, I have said this before. A part of me thinks that we're not going to see a, you know, exclusive sprint event just because of the backlash from last year. And it might make it easier to just leave that off. Um, Or maybe there will be a sprint tied with something else. Maybe similar to like that sprint couplet. But again, that shorter event might benefit Sam Quan. He's shown that he's done well in that recently. Finally, I did want to bring up that open performance twenty point four seventh. The thing there that stands out is the increasing load on the barbell. 315 is a relatively heavy barbell um, for these athletes. And we haven't seen that quite yet. I mean, I'm kind of nitpicking here. I know the the barbell in, what was it? Awful Annie got heavy, but I'm just not, you know, 315 clean and jerk. I feel like we're yet to see that. I feel like we're yet to see a heavier barb. Nobody was really at risk of failing those cleans in Awful Annie. But if you start throwing around a 315 clean and jerk, that's getting to the category where some of these guys might struggle with it, especially under fatigue. The fact that Quant held on for a seventh place finish in that one, I think bodes well if we see a moderate to heavy barbell after pretty substantial fatigue. Again, that's if we have to pull some possible strengths out here. One thing worth noting or two worth noting, I guess, in terms of events, he finished 25th in the ruck run at the 2019 games and 33rd in the run, run, swim run in 2017. So, to be fair, if we're going to look at strengths and weaknesses, some longer duration events might not be up Quant's wheelhouse or in his wheelhouse, and we should expect something like that. So all in, if we're talking summary for Sam Quant as we get into the final phase of the 2020 CrossFit Games, what are we thinking here? Well, I think for somebody to have a good shot at the podium, they're going to have to be probably Fraser and Olsen in, in one or two events. Of course, if somebody gets, you know, say they get third in every single event, they're probably a lock for the podium. But if we say somebody has to win an event to finish right, right up there at the top, I'm not sure that Quant is going to be able to do that in Aromas. Again, I do think we're looking at a different athlete than we've seen in the past. But the one thing I haven't seen is him finish first in events with, you know, this top 1% of 1% with the athletes. And I do think that's going to be required if you want to finish on the podium. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's competing for that third slot. I don't know that we're going to see him in competition for first or second, but I don't know that that's really a big surprise for anybody. Um, but a, a steady, steady athlete. One thing that I'm thinking about that'll be interesting to watch with Quant is he tends to be up there in, again, the top 20 throughout his career and that's historically in larger fields. And I wonder how that's going to translate to a smaller field of five. Does he still find himself in that top, you know, 10, 15%? Because if he does, then he's going to he's, he's quickly going to be on the podium. So it will be a lot of fun to watch. And if nothing else, I'm super pumped for Sam Quant to be able to get the coverage that has been due after the the heck of a performance he's put up in the CrossFit Games over the last few years. Now, moving to the women's side is kind of the other side of the story. Um, You know, we're talking about Sam Quant, maybe not getting all of the um, the recognition or the name recognition, I should say, that some other athletes have. On this side, we're going to talk about Catherine David's daughter, who also finished in fourth, but is absolutely a household name in the sport of CrossFit. This is Catherine's eighth eighth games appearance. She's a two time champion. since winning in 2015, she's not finished outside the top 10. Let me actually, I'm sorry, I think I had that incorrectly. I think I had that incorrect here. Since finishing, yeah, I'm sorry, since winning in 2015, she won in 2015 and 2016, she hasn't finished outside the top five since. That's crazy. So Tia has taken all of the attention in the last three years. So in the three years since Katrin hasn't won it, it's been Tia each year. But in that time period, Katrin finished fifth, third, and fourth. That's wild. We're over here talking about Sam Quant being a solid, steady competitor and 100%. But it's hard to beat the last five years of the games. you ready for this with Katrin? First and 15, first and 16, fifth and 17, third and 18, fourth and 19 there's a lot of success that Katrin has had at the games over the years. You have to, to be a two-time champ and be in the discussion for maybe one of the, maybe the most impressive women's career in the sport of CrossFit thus far. And that's something to think about right now. If, if, if the sport stopped today, Katrin is 100% in the debate for the most impressive career on the women's side, maybe on both. Um, We'll see if Tia wins nine more or some crazy number of of games. Then, of course, it's not as much of a discussion. But but as we sit today, it's hey, let's appreciate what we got. We got a two time champ that is is still up there at the you know top one percent of one percent on the women's field. So looking back over Catherine's last few years, she started competing or, or started showing up at competition in 2012. So I'm going to quickly run through this. In 2012, she finished 30th in the games, 2013, 24th. She missed the games in 2014. Came back notably then in 2015, 14th in the Open, second in the Meridian Regional and winning the CrossFit Games. 2016, 14th in the Open, first place in the East Regional and winning her second consecutive, winning her second and a consecutive CrossFit Games. She's a two-time champ, we'll say that. In 2017, 10th in the Open, 2nd in the East Regional, 5th at the Games. 2018, 8th in the Open, 1st in the East Regional, and 3rd at the Games. 2019, 13th in the Open, 4th at the Games. And 2020, 23rd in the Open. So when we're talking about somebody who has multiple wins at the CrossFit Games, she's going to have a lot of events that she's very clearly done well on. So... You know, I, I really had to to dial in here. Some of these athletes we've talked about, we've looked at top 10 finishes or, or um, yeah, top 10. It'd be nice if we get top three sometimes. Of course, if they win something, it's another story. Katrin has so many wins and top threes that I really had to dial it in on, on ones that stood out. So we're going to look at just top three finishes, and we're only going to look uh, the last three years, starting with the 2017 games. And I know I said it earlier for Sam Quant and didn't hold to it, but with Katrin, we are only going to look at her games performances. 2017 game, she finished third in the cyclocross. So it was a kind of an off-road bike event worth noting because that wouldn't be crazy to see when we get out to the ranch. So third place in cyclocross, first place in the strongman sphere. Remember that was a almost exclusively um, odd object event we saw for women a 340-pound yoke, a 120-pound log, and a 310-pound sled, and then handstand walking, which is talk about Catherine's wheelhouse right there. And then she won the two, 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 three intervals. That was rope climb, skiers and overhead squats. So it's kind of funny that some of the best events in 2017 were the same for Catherine and Sam Quant. We brought two of these up with Sam, but solid finishes in 2017. And of course, in 2017, um, of course in 2017, she finished fifth overall at the games, moving on to 2018. She finished third in crit. That was a, uh, a long, longer duration bike event on the road. So not a stationary or a machine. She finished third in the battleground. That was an obstacle course first in chaos and chaos was unknown events. The athletes went out there, started competing. They could see what was on the field but they just went and completed reps until their judges said, you're done in chaos for Katrin. It was a 30 calorie ski, 25 burpees to bar 40 single single arm overhead squats, 45 pistols, 25 box jump overs. And then they moved this thing called a tumbler. It was like a big wheel with sand in it. It looked horrible. Moved it 110 feet across the finish line. She finished first in that event. That was a, that was an interesting one. She also, she then finished second in something uh, called bicouplet one. Bicouplet one was a series of 21, 15, nine snatches at 55 pounds and chest bar pull-ups. She got third in two stroke pull, which is five rounds of a 300 meter run, 15 assault bike, and then a sled pull. And then finally, anus, 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 A-E-N-E-A-S. Um, I'm sure I've said that wrong. She finished that event in a third, and that was pegboard climbs and yoke carries, adding weight as she went. A lot of events. Look, so Catherine's done really well here for a long time, but we are going to come back and kind of talk about these at a high level. Moving into 2019, three more events worth calling out. In 2019, Catherine finished the split triplet in third. That was five rounds. Again, pegboards, double unders, and then dumbbell hang split snatches and dumbbell hang clean and jerks. Kind of a Interesting movement there that they threw in at 55 pounds each. And then she finished, here we go, first place in Ringer 1 and Ringer 2. If you remember, Ringer 1 and Ringer 2 were back-to-back events. They went down the field, had a very short window of rest. and came right back down. This was crazy. These These were the last couple events before the final event on Sunday. This is when Katrin had to do something to move up the leaderboard, and she won both Ringer 1 and Ringer 2. Ringer one was a set of 30 20, 10 calories on the air bike and then toes to rings. And then ringer two was 15, 10, five burpees, burpees to a bar, I believe. And then, or no, maybe it was just burpees and then overhead squat at 95 pounds. She won both of those as in she knew when it was time to go and she went. So what does it mean when we're looking at Catherine's events over the last couple of years? What can we pull away from this? So, First off, I'd say we've got a couple she's done well in a couple of bike events. I don't know that it's crazy to assume that we could see a or to think that we could see some sort of longer duration bike or even off-road bike event at Aromas. Can't you see that at the ranch where they're doing some sort of mountain biking up and down those hills or even road biking through those hills would be unique? I don't know that we've seen that yet at the CrossFit Games. The the event crit, I think it was, that she did so well in in 2018 that was road biking, but it was, it was flat. I mean, going through some of those mountains that they could go anywhere, you know, within, within reasonable distance outside of Aromas, there's some good Hills there that could be an interesting event. And if, if a bike shows up, Catherine's done well, odd objects, man, this has just been in her wheelhouse. She's done really well in these odd objects. Just going back just within the last three years, we're talking about the yokes, the logs and the sleds in strong man's fear, the battleground, Chaos getting into that tumbler pull. Um, we start adding more yokes during uh, the final event in 2018. I mean, she has won or finished second in so many of those. There's something about just being able to adapt to a new piece, of, new piece of equipment, or kind of a not barbell, not dumbbell, not pull-up bar. We haven't seen that yet. We should expect to see that when they get out to aromas, and that will be right in Catherine's wheelhouse. And of course, I already mentioned it, but the obstacle course, I think more, the more I think about it, I think it'd be really, really cool and hope that there's some sort of, you know, 20 to 30 minute obstacle course type event where there's running and maybe biking and rope climbs and, and randomly, you know, a barbell or something throughout the ranch. I think they have the opportunity to do that more so there than they have for a long time in the games. And I got to think there's going to be something like that. Look to Katrin if that shows up. So let's talk summary with Katrin. You got to give an edge to her game, like simply her games experience. She's been to the games eight times. That's more than any other women in the finals. Looking across the board, Tia, Brooke, and Carrie, Tia, Claire Toomey, Brooke Wells, and Carrie Pierce have five appearances each. Haley Adams, this will be her second. I'm not, if, if we don't look at her um, age group competitions, but There's something to be said for that, being able to perform under pressure, knowing what to expect, you know, turning your game speed on. And something else to remember with Katrin is that she seems very able to turn it on as needed. So over the course of her career, Katrin has repeatedly been able to kind of put the pedal to the metal when it's mattered most. She just this year won two out of three of the final events. Last year, she won two out of the three final events. In 2016, she won two out of the five final events, and she won the final event in 2015. So there's something to be said there, something worth keeping an eye on, especially now that she's in person. I don't know how she was able to do that um, online when she couldn't see her competitors, do her left and right. When she is side by side with the competitors in Aromas, expect her to be able to take it to another level right there at the end. Got to keep that in mind. So last thing between these two athletes, Samuel Quant and Catherine, David's daughter, both have been staples of the games for for quite a while here. And it's just interesting to see how, or interesting to think about how Catherine has been so much in the spotlight, deservedly so, again, as maybe one of the most impressive CrossFit games careers thus far in the history of the sport. But Quant, also a, a you know, regular in the top 20 doesn't have that name recognition, but it's going to be great to see both of them in some events, maybe even competing side by side, moving both say moving, you know, kind of pulling Sam more into the name recognition of the sport of CrossFit going forward. So both of these should be a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited for both of them to be in the top five. I think it's going to be great from a spectator experience and for the sport overall, but that's what we got for Sam Quant and Catherine David's daughter. We will do our last two or our last portion of this series um, coming up here shortly, where we're going to talk about the fifth place finishers on both the men's side and the women's side, Jeffrey Adler and Carrie Pierce. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Preston Stewart. Thanks for listening. And if you get a chance, it'd mean a lot if you can make it over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. Helps others to find the show. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.